Next on BYU Sports Nation, targeting the strongest of the strong. BYU football position groups under the depth chart microscope. Who do you like? Baseball coach Mike Littlewood on the health of the 24th ranked Cougars and why most of the mustaches stayed after a series loss. Plus, Cougars in the NFL, Daniel Sorensen signs on for another year and where Bronson Kafusi sits on Sports Illustrated's draft board. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. The team is back! BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem still playing the piccolo. Wednesday, (laughs) April 20th. That's not annoying at all. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with our future Orlando Sentinel contributor, Jerem Jordan. This is apparently the new source of BYU Sports. Uh, Clearly. Because there's the Salt Lake Tribune, the Deseret News, the Daily Herald, the Universe, and now the Orlando Sentinel. (laughs) Because they have produced two things that have BYU content this week. The first was top 25 non-conference games, three BYU games in there, right? And then Tanner Mangum had a feature article in the Orlando Sentinel yesterday. So I don't don't know what the... uh, you know, uh, audience wants there general college football maybe. But when Mitch Matthews gets drafted, there will be a feature on Mitch Matthews and the Orlando Sentinel as well because he served as mission by the there. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, that was. That, hey, I'll be happy. Yeah, when he you know gets on the team in any way, a draft pick. That's probably a little crazy for me, but that would be awesome. Jerem Jordan, our you're back. Future Orlando Sentinel contributor. Yes, I am back. How was Disneyland? Oh man. How many, BYU, how many BYU shirts did you see there? A lot. There was serious representation <laughs> happening. And there were some Utah fans that tried to troll me pretty well. You can see my Twitter feed uh, from a few days ago if you want a story on that. There are a couple of things I That's will say. That's a fun story. Number one. Hey, number one. Hyperspace Mountain is fantastic. They have Star wars that thing up. Mm. And it is I like awesome. That. It does not disappoint. Secondly, not saying I did this. Never, ever, ever. Take your four-year-old on Tower of Terror at <gasps> California Adventure. I, I admit nothing. I don't feel like this has to be explained. I, I right? admit nothing. Right? But like I'm what? just saying, don't. Well, I, okay. At what age then? <laughs> don't do it. At what age then? When they feel comfortable. So twelve? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Took a four-year-old on. <laughs> I'm not admitting anything. This is your classic may or may not. It's always may. I'm not admitting anything. You should throw. You need to throw some false may nots. I could have so that we're seen, like, is it may or I may not? I could have seen another younger four year old on that ride and been like, wow, you shouldn't take your four year old. That must ride. have been pretty impressionable <laughs> if it was somebody else's. Also, don't take your four year old to see Jungle Book. I definitely did not do that. Yeah, I saw Jungle Book last night. It was great. And our movie critic okay, is back. I, I saw th- uh, that on you know Rotten Tomatoes. It had. Uh, reviews in the 90s. So I said, wow, I need to check that out. I went last night. It's fantastic. Who doesn't like the original cartoon of Jungle Book, right? It's a uh, you know live-action adaption uh, with tons of CGI. It was great. It was, it was awesome. I recommend go seeing Jungle Book. If I ever get a pet... Going to see Jungle Book. I will name that pet Bagheera. Bagheera. <laughs> or Baloo. Here are today- Mowgli! Yeah. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's volleyball bracketology. Wait, there is bracketology for men's what? volleyball? From off the block, apparently, Vinny Lopes has the Cougars as the number one overall seed. They play UC Santa Barbara in the MPSF semifinals tomorrow, 930 Eastern on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan, 
very carefully preparing for that semifinal match. I'm ready to go, man. Boards are done. Let's rock. Daniel Sorensen re-signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's great news. Pretty expected, but now official. It'll be Sorensen's third year with the Chiefs. He will join us on Friday. Bronson Kafusi awaiting his name to be called during the approaching NFL draft. And according to SI.com, Kafusi is a third-round pick, 84th overall to Washington. There is also a projection earlier this week that had him going late first round. So the consistent trend, Jeremy, is he's, he's moving up. He's going to be a day-two pick, I think. Yeah, I saw yeah. him as late as the fifth Which round. Which is what, second and third round? Yeah, yeah, early on. Now it's consistently... Second, third round for Bronson Kafusi. First would be a surprise. I think it'll be, yeah, day two. It's the final day of the West Coast Conference Golf Championships. The 38th-ranked women's team enters the day in the lead at 7-over with Leah Garner at the top spot at 2-under. The men's team is in third place. Good luck. Yeah, the women last I saw led by 11 strokes combined. They are on their way. Plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The strongest of the strong. BYU football on topic, my friends, and quite frankly, I wouldn't have any other way after an extended vacation. Yesterday on the show, Jerem and Jason discussed how much value they and all of you place in the post-spring depth chart. Honestly, I'm not a... You're I'm still the a, starting host, by the way, on BYU Sports Nation. Like, you were you. gone, but you're still the starting host. I appreciate that. Yeah, just want to make, get that up. <laughs> I'm not huge on depth chart, especially one that's four months away from game number one, but... But we don't have time to discuss that. There is definitely <laughs> enough there to make some projections on which position groups, let's say, will be the strongest, bring back the most swag and confidence, and which ones eh, maybe not so much. Which brings us to our Twitter question today. What is the strongest position group and the biggest question mark on the BYU football depth chart? Use the hashtag BYUSN. First tweet at He-Man underscore Hyde. Strongest quarterbacks. Biggest question mark. Whether or not Tijon put him in a coma caroma will be on it by fall. <laughs> That's the best nickname I've heard for him ever. Tijon put him in a coma caroma? caroma. Is like that original to you at He-Man underscore Hyde? If not, just claim it because we won't know otherwise. That is really good. I need to know if that is an original nickname that you made up for T-John put him in a coma Coroma. Coroma. <laughs> holy cow you Use laughed the hashtag BYUSN weigh in you laughed when I said that I didn't put much value in a depth chart four months out well you're, you're Captain Hype Man and this is a perfect hype document Do we don't have time for this let's I go know. into the strongest I know, and, and I know but I will say this do you remember the, the depth chart coming out of 2015 no. No. spring football but I'd like to look at it and see if it's pretty close not close, because Christian Stewart was the quarterback in spring football. Obviously, he's not the quarterback <laughs> in spring football. Get out of here. And Tanner Mangum was Go still back on his to mission. Space Mountain. Tanner Mangum was still on his mission. Like, it's four months away. Yeah. That has well, nothing to do with hype. You can be excited and not be super into the depth chart. But, again, going back with what I'm saying. There's great value in it. That's all I'm saying. Going back to what I'm saying, the position groups, however, you can make some projections about that. So, with that said... Yeah, because Looking a lot of that, those guys are here now. Who is your mission. strongest position group? To me, the strongest position group is quarterback. You have Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum. I know we still need to determine Taysom Hill's health. Does anyone doubt that Taysom Hill will be healthy, though, in August? He, he's come back healthy. The question is not whether he'll return to health. It's how long will he be healthy, right? That's the question. But Tanner Mangum and Taysom Hill on the same team? How is this not the strongest position group? Tell me that. I think because we don't know. 
what Taysom Hill is going to bring in August. We don't. As much as people want to hope that he's going to be the same old Taysom, if he's 60% of himself, that is still pretty awesome. Okay, so you 60%. <laughs> 60% of Taysom is equal to a lot of 100% quarterbacks. Okay, well, I'm going to throw Taylor this Mangum. at you. I'm going to throw this at you. The running backs group. Because Jamal Williams returns, and we know he's 100%. Tanner Mangum, wash. Give me more. Algie Brown. Good player. Fullback. Squally Canada. Squally Canada is a really good player. The running backs were so low that Francis Bernard moved to to linebacker. Yeah, we need to see Squally play. Squally Canada. He had one carry, and that was unfair to him. Riley Burt. Riley Burt's an up-and-comer. I love it. You don't need how more than the, two How are the running backs not the deepest, strongest group It's not then. deepest. It's just strongest. That's the question. Strongest quarterback. Deepest you part have a of strong, isn't it? And the other guy's a 3,000-yard passer? I'm not saying Woo! that those quarterbacks are not fantastic, but Taysom, and I am the person who believes the most in his healing capability, okay, right now. He has an- anamantium in him, I believe. Right now. They, they've injected the Liz Frank What is with. the strongest group? And animantium or whatever it is that Wolverine has in him. The running backs are healthy. They are deep. Wealthy and wise. And they are experienced other than Squally Canada. Yeah. It's a good group, no doubt. For, for me, strongest running backs groups. What do you all think? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Now, on the flip side of this conversation, the biggest question mark in terms of a position group. This comes out of left field a little bit for me. I say defensive line because you lose whoa, your biggest whoa, whoa, playmaker – uh, on the team last year, you include blocked kicks, Bronson Kafusi. Okay, you return. You only returned three dudes that had more than t- eight tackles on the defensive line, and now you switch to a four-three. So the the emphasis in the front seven is on those defensive linemen. So Logan Taele, Tomasi Laulile, and Travis Tuiloma. Tuiloma is fantastic nose guard. Names I've heard those, called regularly. Those guys need to step up their game because they lead. All three of them had less than 30 tackles this year. So they're going to need to perform at a higher level. So that's a question mark. I like the young, uh, good group there. I think there's some talent there. We just don't know if they're going to be really good or not. I, I think eventually they will, but that's my question mark. It's a 4-3. It used to be. You remember the 3-4? It was like, well, the, why don't the D linemen have any sacks? It was like, oh, the linebackers make the plays. Okay, you, got, you need to make plays because BYU doesn't have a D lineman coming back that had more than three sacks last year. Well, now BYU and you needs, lose a day two draft pick in Bronson Kofusi. Now BYU needs some linebackers move to defensive line to make plays. Sione Takitaki and Sai Tautu. And even then, they're like hybrid. So I really only look at the... End, nose tackle, end as the D lineman. Because I'm not calling Saitao to a defensive lineman. I know they put them their hand in the ground. That doesn't make you a D lineman. They're just a linebacker that lines up with a hand in the ground to me. If Travis Tuiloma is healthy and playing, my question marks for the defensive line are not as significant. Now, here's the deal with him. Wasn't it a Liz Frank with, with him as well? It I was, don't know. Or a knee, it was a knee injury. Yeah. Until August. It happened in December. So I hope that he's healthy for I, Arizona. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know the extent That's of a big Travis Tuiloma's recovery. See, see, big question mark, too, with but the defensive line. But I have heard he will be 100% for the fall. That, is, that has been told to for me. For the fall. Is that November? Is that Travis September? Is you know what I mean? 100, I would assume yeah. that means game number one. But He'll be ready by the time the season starts. Do you think Travis Tuiloma is going to be more healthy than Taysom Hill? Because Taysom Hill was injured in September. Travis was Depends injured on the extent four of the months injury. later. Depends on the extent of the injury. It really, it's, that's really impossible for me to answer. D-line. D-line. Okay. For I me, like the talent. I just don't know what they're going to yeah, bring. Yeah, see, to the I think there's enough there 
that and Steve Kafusi knows what he's doing and Elisa Tuiaki, those guys like I feel like the strength of this BYU team is going to be defensively overall. I really do. I don't know the answer to that one yet. Yeah, I feel like because that Kalani Sitake, defensive guy. Elias Tuiaki, defensive guy. Kafusi, proven, defensive guy. Like so for me, the no one's questioning line, whether they're defensive guys or not. Just saying, like they they were offensive, but now they're defensive. They are proven. They are proven coaches in those. Tuiaki not as a coordinator. This is his first year. That's a question mark for, as well. Now for me, it's got to be the offensive line, and here's why. Okay, brand new offensive line coach. I love Mike Empey, but he is he is new with this BYU committee. See, Kafusi comes back. He knows the, he knows the personnel. Empey's been here as a a line coach. True, right? but he's been gone for a little while, so he has to get acclimated with that front line of offensive linemen. Also, he doesn't know if he's going to have T. John Karoma. That's a bit, that's, is that the second biggest question mark on the whole team? One is the health of Taysom Hill. The second is, is T. John Karoma going to be on this team in the fall? And the quarterbacks are under center. This what is, is not what does shocking that even anymore. Mean? Okay, this is a new <laughs> ideal for BYU football going back under center with or without T. John Karoma with a first-year offensive line coach. I think the offensive line has plenty of experience, but it's brand new in terms of how they're going to do everything because the quarterback's under center, and your stint, your center might not be there. I think they could be good. Brad Wilcox, the senior, has experience. Louis Lapuahu is a three-year starter now. Parker Daw will be a new center. He did start San Jose State. That was a close game. Tuni Kanuch. Good player. Kyle Johnson coming back from injury is in there. Austin Hoyt got a lot of experience. So we'll see how this group gels. They will be really important, though, because if these running backs are awesome, they need good blocking still. And then if you want to be able to pass the rock and have a brand-new offense, you have to be able to block well. So the O-line is real key. Are you suggesting it's the second that, biggest question mark on this team. Are you suggesting <laughs> that BYU, with Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator, and Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum are going to throw the ball next year, Jared? They will run it more than they'll throw it. With this group of running backs, if they're the strength, why wouldn't you run it more? If they're the strength. <sighs> I think they are the strongest group. But how much will BYU throw? Because we know that they can do that. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU returns 7,793 passing yards in Hill and Mangum career. So that's a lot. Tanner Mangum, by the way, is close to passing Taysom Hill in that regard. Taysom Hill will never be passed in quarterback rushing yards by anybody, probably ever again in BYU history. <laughs> but in terms of passing yards, you're looking at 7,800. That's, that's a good number. How many games has Taysom started? 20? I think 20, yeah. And Tanner started 9? 10? He started 12. Oh, that's true. Who's going to start on September 3rd? Countdown to the Wildcats. 136. So you have embraced this then. Well, I, I, said I know it, you I sent said out the like, question yesterday. Like an Irishman. 136. You sent out the poll question yesterday. Well, it's whether I embrace that poll. Should you embrace Yeah, it was 70% countdown. embrace. How many yesterday. votes? Because I'm still questioning this with every, every wind of countdown. There's so many options. Send in your tweets. Hashtag BYUSN. Which do you think is the strongest position group? What about your biggest question mark? Up next, what's the deal with BYU baseball and the mustaches? A lot of them are sticking around. They're still ranked. Mike Littlewood joins us next. Is that Clark Kent? Who is that? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures 
Those are on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Now listen to this. BYU baseball is good. Everyone knows that. They're playing Creighton this weekend. Creighton's really good, too. They've been in the rankings. They're just outside the top 25. They're 25-7. and seven. Number one team in the Big East right now. Three-game series. Awesome series. Number 32 in the RPI as well. Friday and Saturday. We've got the game Friday night, 8 Eastern time, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Check it out. Our Twitter topic today, dealing with football. What is the strongest position group and the biggest question mark on the BYU depth chart? That being discussed because the post-spring depth chart was just recently released by Kalani Satake and the BYU football staff at Ron Bond 2015. says, strongest position group, probably running backs or linebackers because of the quality and depth. Question mark is the offensive line, which... Well, it looks like what Ron Bond's your best friend, hey, isn't Ron he? Bond, running backs and the <laughs> offensive line. What's up, man? Also, one of my Does closest Ron Bond friends. Does Ron work at Cinnabon? <laughs> Question. <laughs> oh, my Another goodness. Day. Also, one of my closest friends, at least in my mind, he can probably differentiate on his opinion, <laughs> is Mike Littlewood, the head baseball coach of BYU Baseball back in Studio B. Coach, nice to have you back. I'm with you. Best, best buds. Best buds! Yeah! yeah. It would be weird if you said no. Yeah, it would be awkward. <laughs> we can be, so awkward. We can be a three-man wolfpack if you want. <laughs> Okay, so I go on vacation. Jeremy and Jason are here holding down the fort, and then everything Fort B. Yeah, things go things go a little bit awry. I'm so I'm going to take the blame for you losing the series for me not being on BYU Sports. Thank I you. I apologize. For we not- were we were actually blaming you, so I'm glad you <laughs> I'm glad you took it. Cursing your name in the night. Exactly, there. Spencer Linton. Now, the mustaches for the most part have survived. What's the deal? I thought the mustaches were gone once you lost the series. How? Explain all of that. You know, Jason Shepard asked me that after, after yesterday's practice in an interview, and I said, I have no clue. I'm the last guy who knows about anything with mustaches, <laughs> and I, I don't even get involved with it. I really don't. I, I don't know. I, yesterday I see some guys are, are shaved and some guys are a little unkempt. I, don't, I really don't know what's going on. Um, I, I might have to find that out today. Wait, so I, I thought the team, like, you know, gathered and they decided, okay, we're going to do this or not. Some guys have shaved, yeah. though, right? Yeah, I, I think four or five guys yesterday shaved. I, I really don't know. I'm not in on those conversations. <laughs> I thought you were One just bit. kidding. I, I really don't know. I thought it was a joke. It I has, wrote it in my journal and everything. It has nothing to do with me. I don't, I don't know. Okay, yet, yet for the first time all year, you lose the series, which is unbelievable that it took until April to lose the series. Yet it was tightly contested. What did you learn about the St. Mary's series? It was. I mean, we learned St. Mary's is a really good team. We faced Corbin Burns on Thursday. We knew he was going to be a good pitcher. Uh, He's better than we thought. Uh, We faced him last year. We chased him after three innings here at Miller Park. But, I mean, he was 94-95 with his fastball. His slider was really good, and his changeup was probably his best pitch. We actually chased him after six innings. We... One thing our team does is we'll, you know, we'll, we'll push that other opposing team's pit, pitch count up. And he had a, about 100 pitches after six innings, and we chased him, had a 3-1 lead going into the seventh and just couldn't hang on. All three of those games, and we, we could have won all three games. We could have lost all three games, and, and it, could, it just could have gone either way. Two really, really good teams playing at their field. I felt that, that Saturday win that we got was one of the toughest wins that I've had to get as a head coach ever. And I know our team feels the same way, just against all odds and shows the character of our guys, just just kind of escape out of there with a win, and we ran home as fast as we possibly could. The script was flipped in that you have had great success on Thursday and Friday in conference series and then struggled a little bit on Saturday. And so 
Is that what you're referencing when you say, you know, against all odds, you had lost two on Thursday and Friday, and then well, you find a way on Saturday? It just it kind of felt like the momentum was was against us. They had they had everything. They were getting the big hits, and we were hitting line drives right at people. And and you know, we were, on on Friday we make five errors, and that that's just uncharacteristic of our team. And so it just felt like. You know, if I was a betting man, I would hundred to one odds that we would have lost that game. I mean, mm. just the way it felt, and so to come back and and, and play w- well uh, to get, and that Connor Williams only lasted two and a third, and so Bo Burrup came in and gave us some good innings out of the pen, and just a lot of encouraging things uh, about about Saturday's win. It was just a really satisfying win for us. How did your team react to losing a series? Um, you know. You, 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 honestly, you know what's going to happen. I mean, you just can't go through an, an entire season and not lose a series. I mean, that's just not going to happen. I felt like we we played well those three games, and the team's mature enough that they're going to they're going to come back. We had a good practice yesterday, short and quick, and got a lot of work done. That's just that's our team. We'll show up Friday, uh, play a good Creighton team. They're ranked 25th in in, in one poll. They're really good, uh, so it's going to be a, a nice challenge for us. Taking on the Creighton Blue Jays in Provo for three, one on Friday, two on Saturday. Uh, how did that three-game series uh, come to be about with uh, a team out of the Big East? Well, we, so we played Creighton two years ago. We ended up playing them down in St. George, or maybe three years ago. It might have been our first year here. We, there was about 15 inches of snow here, so we moved to St. George. Had a great, uh, <laughs> we had a, a great series with those guys. And then um, we had this week open for finals, and, we, it, man, it was just kind of magical. Trent Pratt does our scheduling, and... They called and said, hey, it looks like you've got this open. Can we come in on a Friday, Saturday, and play three games? And we're like, yeah, that's perfect because we have finals, and finals will be over. And So it just fit in fit in absolutely perfect. Usually we would just take this week off, and that's what we were planning on doing until Creighton called, and we worked that out. So it was great, great series for us. You hope to go kind of visit campus there later uh, in, like, June, right? Is the hope? Omaha? Yeah, we hope. Yeah, we sure <laughs> hope. Yeah, at least – TD Ameritrade, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. no doubt. I don't know about <laughs> campus. But yeah, walk around there-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go to Omaha other than the Home Run Derby for Colton Shaver. I'd, I'd like to go actually play in a couple games there. Yeah, that's where the College World Series is. Um, do you think they have any revenge for the NIT? Do, do you have to you – Oh, know, I'm sure they do. No doubt. I'm sure that's Dave Rose on the forefront of their minds. Yeah. We've got to get it back for the basketball guys. Yeah, there's man. no doubt that's, like, that's right there. Wait, what happened? Now, you will face this team uh, without three key guys. Brennan Anderson still banged up a little bit. Kyle Dean still dealing with the back issue. And now Maverick Buffo uh, is uh, out of the lineup as well. What can you, can you give us an injury update on those three guys and how things are progressing? Yeah, well, Kyle Dean, uh, he's he's – out for another couple of weeks where he's just wearing a brace and he's not doing anything and trying to get his back better, and then he'll start going. Uh, Brennan Anderson w- won't play this week. He's got a torn ligament in his thumb. He's going to try to try to play this the rest of the season. We'll find out. You know, he, it, you can move his thumb backwards like a Gumby thumb. I mean, you can just move Ooh. it anywhere you want. But Fun. It'll be some pain, but he's going to try to play starting next week, so we'll see about that. Um, Maverick's got a little bit of a strained forearm, so he won't play this week. Connor Williams has a little bit of a strain in his elbow. He won't just precautionary. We'll keep him out. Uh, so Hayden Rogers and Jordan Wood will get starts on on Saturday with along with Mike Rucker on Friday. Guys just have to step up. I mean, it's uh, this is a huge RPI weekend for us, and uh, you know it's kind of like a in baseball, it's a war of attrition. You play this many games, um, fifty six games in three and a half months. Guys are going to get banged up and. Colton Shaver's got a little bit of a wrist injury, and um, baseball guys are pretty tough. They'll go in there and they'll play hurt. Hayden Nielsen's got a little bit of a sore arm. I mean, those are just things you have you have to get through in baseball. You know they're going to happen. You just hope they're not season-ending type things, you know. And we've had a couple of those, but hey, we'll battle. 
Do coaches get injuries midseason as well? Only shoulders and, and arms, <laughs> shoulders and elbows. <laughs> I'm, I'm sore every single day, and I'm Trent's, Trent's younger than me, but we, we, we're the two that throw BP. And I used to be able to throw BP every single day, and I'm, I'm down to about twice a week right now. It's like, <laughs> nope, can't feel my elbow today. I better not throw. So, uh, But, hey, we're, JT, our pitching coach, had, had his knee scoped yesterday. So, yeah, pit, coaches get hurt just long, right along with the players. And, yeah, I know, this isn't a, I know this isn't a conference series with Creighton, but what kind of importance are you placing on it other than RPI and all that? I mean, how do you, how do you prepare your team for this knowing that – Hey, we want to win the conference championship. That's priority number one. But then we, we want to have good seating for the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, well, it, it's huge as far as RPI. They've got a higher RPI than us, a couple, you know, a couple spots. And so it's, it's huge that way. They can gain more by beating us here at home. But we, we can still hold our own and, and uh, climb in the RPI. But uh, the, the main thing is we want to play better than we've been playing. We, we've been playing okay, but five errors on Friday is not, not us. Um, our pen did a, a little bit better job. We need to kind of – and guys will get an opportunity to throw this week with those two guys out. But uh, we just want to play well. I, we really do. Gonzaga's a really good team. I mean, I think Gonzaga, St. Mary's are, are two of the best teams in this league. And, and so, fortunately, we get to play them here. But we want, to, we want to get some momentum going into Tuesday with Utah Valley and then into that series. Uh, obviously, a huge one with Gonzaga. Is your team more or less focused – with uh, in school or out of school, because certain people are more focused with the structure of class, and then others are like, "No, I'd rather just focus on baseball." Because today is the last day of finals; you're going to have the full attention of your guys pretty soon. Yeah, usually what we do this time of year is we'll we'll practice at 11 a.m. So it makes the guys get up, and then they'll lift right after practice, and and uh, you know by then they don't really want to go back to bed. Some of them probably do, but they're up and doing doing their own thing. I think traditionally we played better at the end of the season, so uh, you know. It, it's just they have to just adapt to the to the daily schedule and the daily grind. I think if you ask them, they would much rather not go to class and just play baseball. <laughs> I mean, it's got more of a pro-type feel. Go to the park, get your work done, go do your thing, and come back tomorrow and do it again. I, yep. I like how the football team like practices at 6, and then the ba- Mike's like, yeah, we're going to make them get up at 11 <laughs> for practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You have an interesting job, as does Dave Rose and now Kalani Satake and that football staff in managing expectations for players coming out of high school, going on missions, and in baseball's case, major league ambitions as well. And so there was an article in the Washington Post uh, about Pete Nielsen and Matt Favero, a couple of guys coming to play baseball, and, and how they're balancing all of that. So I want to get your perspective on what it's like to balance the future ambitions of guys that might want to get drafted and not come to BYU. How do you handle all of that? Well, fortunately, my first 10 years in college baseball was down at Dixie, and we were junior college, and I believe in the first 10 years we had over 50 guys drafted in those 10 years, and so we had them coming and going. And and at that level, it was coming in for a year maybe, maybe two, no more than two, and then they're gone, and we would would really – try to recruit those draftable kids so we we kind of got an idea the biggest thing right now is for any high school kid that's going to get drafted and I've been through it personally with Marcus my son in 2010 who was who was drafted in the second round you have to put value on yourself it's got to be life-changing money um, life-changing money in 2010 is a little bit you know it's different now um, and to me life-changing money is millions because in baseball there's no guaranteed contracts like that I mean you get a bonus but then uh, you know, Marcus is probably making fifteen hundred a month right now for for the, only the months that they play in the minor wow. leagues. You're only making money when you're you don't get paid during spring training. So it's when your season starts to when the season ends. So it's not like that money that you get is going to be 
you're going to use it. I mean, you're going to put that away, and, and it's almost like you're working life in reverse. It's, okay, you, now you've got your retirement. You still have to work your entire life. And so my thing is put value on yourself. Don't undervalue yourself and sign for just a couple hundred thousand. There's so much, so many more benefits to going to college and not having to work those couple of years through the minor leagues. But it's tough, and it's something we do in baseball. And, and you throw the missions in there, and it's just a lot of planning. And then on, uh, when the draft comes up, you cross your fingers and hope. I've met uh, – I, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he graduated from the same high school di- I did, and he said that he developed the Excel spreadsheet that the football team uses for missions and organizing that. Do you ha- how do you organize who's coming in and out and JC guys and draft and all that? Yeah, we, we use the, the same thing, um, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a great program. But um, it's – you know, in my, I usually just keep it in my mind. It, I, I kind of know who's coming, who's going, and the biggest thing is scholarships and – who do you save scholarships for? And if he leaves, then, you know, it, it, it's really tricky. And, and there's some tough conversations you have to have once in a while. But the biggest thing for us is we, we have communications with major league teams. We kind of know, you know, the players, the high school players might be told something, one thing like, hey, you're going to be a first rounder. When you, we can call people and we'll know. We can call scouting directors and they'll say, yeah, he's projected maybe here and, and it might be the 10th or 11th round or, or something like that. So we'll have a pretty good idea of where a guy's going to go. Same with our guys, with Rucker and Lund and Brennan, you know, uh, or uh, Bronson Larson. Our draftable guys, we, we kind of have an idea of where they're going to go. Some, it, it's not a perfect science, but we'll have an idea exactly where, you know, they're going to go in the draft and what we need to do to plan for the future. Mike, always great to have you in Studio B. I, I'm, I'm back. I'm here for the duration of the week, at least. So happy to see you. <laughs> so I'll try. I was going to be really so disappointed. Between you two, I was right? going to be so disappointed to see Jason sitting there. I was like, I see you every day. <laughs> <laughs> You're there anyway. Yeah. You listening to that, Shep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he feels great right I'll now. See him in, I'll see him in an hour. <laughs> Good luck against Creighton, Coach. Thanks for having me, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Station, we play What's the Chance? And there are a loaded number of interesting... Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, MPSF semifinals, conference tournament, Top-ranked BYU takes on sixth-ranked UC Santa Barbara. 9.30 Eastern time tomorrow. Check it out on BYU TV. If you want to watch the match before that, which is UCLA versus Long Beach State, that will be on BYUtv.org. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's volleyball bracketology from off the block. Are you involved in that at all, Jerem? No, 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 no. Well, your, your number one Cougars are the number one overall seed. BYU plays UC Santa Barbara in the MPSF semifinals tomorrow 9.30 Eastern, that will be live on BYU TV. Then, if BYU wins, when? BYU wins. Saturday, 9 Eastern time for the, for the MPSF Championship. Daniel Sorensen re-signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be Sorensen's third year with Kansas City. That's Jason Shepard's favorite team, by the way. He will join us on Friday. I believe it's Daniel the, Sorensen, it's that the way. chefs, right? The, yes. Remember that commercial with Neil Smith? I think this that. looks great, but who are the chefs? The Kansas City chefs. <laughs> and the dude, the paint, Excellent. Dude, the painting, kitchen. he goes... Great googly moogly. <laughs> I don't remember. You don't this. remember no. that commercial? No. Oh, you need to Google no. that right we now. We don't have a TV going up. Bronson, Caf- <laughs> Bronson Kafusi's name continues to surface in NFL mock drafts. SI.com has Kafusi in the third round going 84th overall to Washington. 
And it's the final day of the West Coast Conference Golf Championships. The 38th-ranked women's team enters the day in the lead at 7-over with Leah Garner at the top spot. Two under the men's team is in second place. BYU women's golf ranked in the top 25, having their best season ever by, like, eons. I mean, they, they are having quite, a fantastic season. Uh, Jason Shepard just tweeted a uh, gif of Mr. Mr. T, T crying. <laughs> in reference to uh, Mike oh. Littlewood saying, I would have been disappointed seeing Jason Shepard there. I see you every day. Oh, good stuff. Jason's <laughs> like a member of the team. It's time awesome. to play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? If you're new to the program, here's how it works. We throw out a scenario generally involving BYU, sometimes, I don't know, social media, Hollywood icons, but mostly just BYU. And Jeremy and I assign a percentage chance to that thing happening or not happening. Number one. What's the chance at the end of this season Tanner Mangum has more career passing yards than Taysom Hill? Ooh, that's a good question. I'll go... 38%. 38%. I think that if Taysom Hill is healthy, is healthy that he's the starter on this team because he's a senior, because it's the first year of a new offense, because he's Taysom Hill. I, I, I just think he gets the nod because he's been around. You hope that he's healthy, all that stuff, but I'll, I'll go with 38%. I say 12%. For 12, which is the Tanner Mangum's Tanner number. Mangum's oh, number. Okay, you see what I did there. I say 12%. Taysom's what, like 900, almost 1,000 yards ahead of, of Tanner right now? I don't. I really don't think that that Tanner Mangum, unless he's the projected starter, which right now he's in, start my, more. in yeah. my gut doesn't seem to be the case. If Taysom Hill is healthy, I think Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback until he's unhealthy. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's Taysom Hill's. It's Taysom Hill's spot if he's healthy. It really is. So I say twelve percent. IMO chance. number two. What's the chance a BYU defensive lineman records five or more sacks next season? Ooh, that's a good question. I'll go 65%. You don't return anybody that had more than three. There's no Bronson Kafusi type on this team. And five is a pretty good number. Uh, I for think a lineman? For a lineman. Mm, actually, I'll go. No, I'm going 10%. That's too high. That's really too high. BYU's D linemen are not the pass rushing crazy types like Bronson, right? Bronson is an exception. Ziggy, don't compare him to anyone ever at BYU because it's just different. We've never had someone from Ghana. Come on. The, these guys are more of plug-up-the-holes still kind of guys. It, I think it takes a season before BYU gets that guy. Let's stick with the jersey number percentages. Uh, I'm going to say 31% Saitautu. <laughs> guess he'll be on the defensive 31? line. 31? 31 is higher than 31% I thought. 31% chance a defensive lineman has five but, or more sacks because yeah. it's a 4-3. There will be more opportunities for defensive linemen to get sacks in a 4-3. Because you have one more on the field. Correct. And, and that could be Saitautu, Sione, Takitaki types. I don't – they're not D-linemen. You can call them that, but they're not. But they yeah. will be technically defensive linemen this season. So I, will there I, be I, more than five sacks I don't know that that's guys. the case, by the way. We need to wait on that. Number three. What's the chance BYU has more than one NFL draft pick next Ooh. week? Four oh. percent. I, I don't see wow, one, more low? than Bronson Kafusi. I see a bunch of free agents, right? That I think Mitch low. Matthews is the number two. The question, this, the real question here is: Will Mitch Matthews be drafted? Correct. Or not? That's the question. Correct. I don't think he will be, but I could see it happening, and I won't be shocked if it does. The hype machine on Mitch Matthews is full you, steam ahead. Do you ahead. hear that? I hear the. Is that the hype train? There it is. Okay. Mitch Matthews is all aboard. For example, okay, this. 
five, I think five days ago from at Draft Diamonds. A notable, respected. Bride, like an NFL Draft Diamond. Hey, NFL Draft Projection website and Twitter account. They say this. No one is talking about him, but the kid is a freak. Meet Mitch Matthews from BYU. Big and athletic. There's a reason no one's talking about him, because he's not as draftable, right? But he is a freak of nature. We know that athletically he is great. Will he be drafted? I don't think so. That doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to play in the NFL. I think he'll be. I think he'll compete for a 53 spot. See, I'm going to go away from my jersey theme here because I think there is much greater than a 10% chance that BYU will have more than one draft pick. Because What is it? Because his numbers were so good and there are general managers out there that are like, yeah, I'm willing to risk a 6th or 7th round draft pick on that guy because we'll his, see. his measurables are crazy off the charts. Yeah, and he had really good college numbers. I say 50% chance. Wow. Let's hold on to and that really, one. you're okay? right. Let's remember that, that 50% one. 50% chance that Mitch Matthews is drafted in the latter rounds. Yeah, if he's drafted, it's going to be 6th, 7th round. Yeah. Number four. What's the chance BYU baseball does not lose another series this season? Now let's look at this because they play Gonzaga, Pepperdine, San Francisco, Santa Clara. So there's only four left. There's only four left. I'll go uh, 25% chance. I think they've got a good chance to beat Gonzaga in Provo at Pepperdine, at San Francisco, home to Santa Clara. Yeah, what, this, I think they again, take three of them. Again, this is what's the chance BYU does not, not lose. Oh, does not? 75, sorry. 75%. I think, I think they got a good chance to win those four series. They have Gonzaga at They'll home. They'll lose again, but losing series is different. Playing on the road is tough. As no. we just learned, just kidding. BYU at St. Mary's <laughs> dropped two of three against a good Gale team. They do have Gonzaga at home, but at Pepperdine has always been a tricky series for BYU in Malibu. Not, not this year. I say I'm going to stay right down the middle again on that, 50%. It, see, the thing with this game, if you don't know, you just go 50%, right? Well, I don't want to put that expectation on BYU baseball because they've been so good. When you get into conference play and teams have more chance to see your pitchers and they can scout you harder and all. Care about our expectations and on the road things like that. It's just tougher to continue to win series at that clip. Yeah, it's true. What they've done is unbelievable. I would love to see some video of them before the game. They'll go. Oh my gosh. BYU Sports Nation said we have to win every series. I, I can't handle oh, this good pressure. Grief. You think anybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not worried about expectations for BYU baseball. I'm, I'm worried about shaping the expectations for the fan base because they have been so don't, good. Don't go 27-7 and seven and not want the fans to get excited. They okay? have been That's so what happens. good. But what I'm saying is... It's because op- I hear something else about the BYU baseball team. Is that the hype train for the <laughs> baseball team as well? Are you serious? Wow. They're 27 and 7. They're fantastic. Oh my goodness. Hey, you Num- got to stay healthy. Number 5. What's the chance men's volleyball wins the MPSF championship? 100%. Who are you today? 100%. Who are BYU you? is really good at home. I know they've lost a couple. In fact, this is the first time BYU's had a worse record at home than the road since 99, by the way. Uh but this team is going to beat UCSB, and this team is then going to beat UCLA or Long Beach State. They're playing really, really well right now. It's at home. That home court advantage is too good. And guess what? The, the thing that cost BYU its home loss to Stanford and Pepperdine is now fixed. It's serving. BYU has been fantastic at serving the ball the last three matches. And they're on BYU TV. So boom, baby. One of those matches happened at home where they had been suspect serving the ball earlier this year. They, we know they can serve the ball well on the road. These are all they're, in, they're good at home now. These it's are all changed. in Provo. Man, you say 100%. 1,000%. Wow. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle Absolutely. alert. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Oh, I Man. see it. NCAA champs. What? I'll go. Ohio 70, State. We're coming. Seventy-five percent. UCLA and Long Beach State are really good teams. Like, but not as good. I don't think so either. But I, there's always an, a chance. There's always a chance. It's true. If it was outside of Provo. <laughs> Number six. Last one. What's the chance BYU Rugby wins their Varsity Cup semifinal match by 50 or more points? Oh, I'll, I'll go uh, I'll go 90% on this. Oh, like a not, good you, chance, but not 100 You'll go 100% chance on BYU Volleyball winning, but you won't go 100% well, chance on rugby? I don't know Arkansas State's uh, team and how, you know, the matchups and the personnel. I know UCSB and UCLA and Long Beach State. I don't know Arkansas State rugby. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know Does Arkansas BYU? State's mascot? The Red Wolves. Do you know what they were before they were the Red Wolves? The It was Native American uh-huh. of some kind, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was. It was the Indians. BYU football played them oh, in 1996. The That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I was like, who are the Won Red that Wolves? 58 to 9? Who, yep. 50, or was it 50? Was it 58 to 9? It doesn't matter. we got to go to the annals. It doesn't matter. we got to go to the annals. I just remember Chad Lewis jumped over one of the Arkansas State players. Yeah, that was not the hurdle game. It was a hurdle game. Mm-hmm. Because there were multiple. <laughs> What's your answer? 100%. Okay, whoa! Rugby, man. It's ru- they've won four consecutive national championships. Because rugby. Are they playing this game in Provo? Yeah. No, 100%. Look, Saturday afternoon, you can go to rugby and men's volleyball. One million percent and, and chance. And baseball, doubleheader! It's a big weekend. Got three dubs last weekend. I said men's volleyball. They need to win Thursday. Let's go, baby. 100%. Up next... <laughs> We answer the Twitter question with some of your responses. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan live from the Studio Bizzle. I know you missed Fort it. Fort B. I know you missed it. Holding down the fort, Fort B. We should use that. Remember the name. Fort and remember, Bizzle. if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV. At 6 p.m. Eastern. Nice Fort Minor. Thank job. you. Thank hey, you. softball's at Utah Valley tonight. The Concrete Palace, 5 Eastern time on BYU Radio. The Concrete I, I call Palace. It, I call it that because you, you can walk inside the entire campus without leaving to go outside. Did you know oh, that? Yeah. It's great. Whoa. The Concrete Palace. How about that? Yeah. When did you uh, figure all of that out? I had out? two sisters graduate from Utah Valley. I'm a proud Wolverine brother. Of sorts. <laughs> and Matthew Holland, the president, taught my American heritage You have a lot of amazing monikers and titles, along with BYU Sports Nation resident movie critic, Orlando Sentinel future none contributor. Of, none of these are self-proclaimed. Proud Wolverine brother. Well, that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our Twitter question today, what is the strongest position group and the biggest question mark on the BYU football depth chart? Let's recap what Jerem and I both said. Jerem, remind the people, your strongest position group. Quarterback, Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum return. If Taysom Hill's healthy, which I think he will be, how is it not the quarterbacks? I say running backs. Jamal Williams, Algie Brown, Riley Burt, Squally Canada. George Q. Cannon, Algie Brown. Should I keep going? Francis Bernard had to be moved to linebacker because it was so deep. When I hear Francis Bernard's name, I think of the rescuers. Bernard. Francis Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> the Rescuers or the Rescuers Down Under? See, Down Under is the second one. The Rescuers is not 
mentioned in the same breath. It's like Fievel goes west. There is an American tale that is before <laughs> Fievel goes west. Okay. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> Biggest You're question back, mark. And now we can squirrel I know. More. I know. Biggest question mark for the BYU football. Kevin is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest question mark for me. Defensive line. I, I like the young talent there. Switch to 4-3. They have to be playmakers now. Bronson Kafusi's gone. You'd only return three dudes that had double-digit tackles last year. So those dudes need to perform. Laele, Tuiloma, Get Healthy, and Laulile. For me, it's the offensive line. If T. John Karoma is back, it is not the offensive line. Mm. But because his status is in doubt and BYU football is now going from primarily shotgun to under center in this offense instituted by Ty Detmer, Big question marks when your star center is unsure at this point. Yeah. Parker Dawes, the guy right now on the depth chart. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. <laughs> At Melocopter, offensive line is worrisome without Karoma. Put him in a coma, Karoma. <laughs> Thank you, at He-Man underscore Hyde for that. Having two great quarterbacks won't be as awesome if we can't protect them. That's a thing. That's a thing. Okay, And that's another reason why I think Taysom Hill will be the starter. New offense, year number one, his feet allow him the capability to escape and to deal with potential mistakes. Otherwise known as escapability. Yes. You can just add ability to any adjective. Improvisation ability. Ability. Yes. (laughs) At large ability. One word. At our greenhaw. Quarterback is the obvious choice. So I will say running backs. That's for strongest position group. Thank you, at our Green, huh? No, he said quarterback's the obvious choice. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Some great running backs returning. Biggest question is, and usually is, the offensive line. You know what we didn't mention at all? Because we like the group, but they're not the strength, but they're not a weak wide receiver. I think that there's good wide receivers coming back, and that's with losing Matthews, Hauk, Blackman. That's pretty good. Holy cow. Yeah, you bring back Jurgens, Colby Pearson, Laulu Pututau, and Nick Kurtz. Good group. Plus Pretty you add group. Jonah Trinaman and company. At Y for Life, linebackers are the strongest group. That's a first that we have heard today. Mm. Linebackers are also the biggest question mark. Wait a second. That's interesting. Bernard became a starter after three weeks. Outside linebackers become defensive ends. Yeah, Tautu, Takitaki, Fred Warner, Longy, Bernard. You know, I, let's see what's Bernard, but... There's some talent there, for sure. At TX Colonel says the answer to both questions is the coaching staff. Now that's a blue ocean strategy. A lot of question marks there. We're all super optimistic, and I'm on board. Up next, a loaded Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let us whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. There's new bracketology from off the block. Vinny Lopes has the Cougars as the number one overall seed. BYU plays UC Santa Barbara tomorrow in the conference semifinals, 9.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen has officially re-signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, not Chefs. It will be Sorensen's third year with the Chiefs. He will join BYU Sports Nation Friday. Great googly moogly. Football. <laughs> Bronson Kafusi's name continues to surface in NFL mock drafts. SI.com has Kafusi as a third-round pick, 84th overall to the Washington football team. Softball. The Washington who? BYU softball playing at Utah Valley today. Listen to it live on BYU Radio at 5 Eastern time. 
golf. It's the final day at the West Coast Conference Golf Championships. The 38th ranked women's team enters the day in the lead at 7 over with Leah Garner at the top spot at 2 under. The men's team is in third place. They are underway. Good luck to both teams. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman had two hits and an RBI for the Midland Rockhounds. Jacob Hanneman had a home run for the AA Tennessee Smokies. Future guest Chad Lewis will join us. The former NFL All-Pro Brendan Sander of men's volleyball. Nicolette Polson from women's tennis as well as Daniel Sorensen, who you mentioned. Yeah, the lone senior for BYU women's tennis, Nicolette Polson. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jerem? Daniel Sorensen re-signing with the Kansas City Chief. This is an undrafted free agent who is doing an amazing thing by being in the NFL for three years He's now. increased his role each year now. Dude, being on a 53-man roster is awesome, regardless of whether you're drafted or not. Because some guys get hurt. Like, like has Daniel Sorensen been a more successful pro than Kyle Van Noy? I would say Thus so. Far, Thus yes. far, yes. And yes. Kyle Van Noy needs to get healthy. How about that? How about that statement that you just made? I've made like a lot in the last hour. And Come that on. one actually resonated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's the strongest position group and the biggest question mark on the BYU depth chart? Our elite tweet of the day from at 10C White. Gotta love the depth at running back on offense. One-two punch with Jamal and Squally on defense. Lots of length at cornerback and safety. So the strength there, but no question mark. But yeah, the defensive backfield. Normally we're saying biggest question mark secondary. That's almost every year. There's some good. There's some good experience coming back from BYU, and, and it's not just the starters. I like it. Michael Davis, Troy Warner, Hanneman, Michael, Michael Shelton's a backup. My, yes, yeah. Michael Shelton's a good player, and he's a backup. Absolutely. <sighs> okay, we got to our rising shot already. Daniel Sorensen, he will join us on Friday. And thanks to our guest today, yes, Mike Littlewood, and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues twenty four seven using the hashtag BYUSN. The show on demand, BYUSN.com, audio podcast <clears throat> on iTunes, and the TuneIn app for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to Greg Kite. His daughter was in one of my classes at BYU. We're back to work tomorrow.